Welcome everyone to an emergency episode of the Red Zone Restrictor podcast. I'm your host David Comerford and I'm joined by Jamie Barton as we react to the bombshell news that Jürgen Klopp is leaving Liverpool at the end of the season. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. So when we signed off on our post-Fulham uh, podcast in the week, I said um, we'll see you on, on Monday for uh, a post-Norwich FA Cup episode. Um, that now seems a bit less significant, that uh, fourth-round FA Cup tie against that championship team because um, on Friday morning, um, the news came out of absolutely nowhere that uh, Klopp is leaving at the end of this season. He told the owners in November that he wants to go. The players only found out earlier today. That's why there's there's been no leaks or anything like that. Um, His reasoning is that he no longer feels he has the energy to carry out the job to the standard that he feels the club deserves. And he says that there's nothing that can make him change his mind between now and the end of the season, which obviously would include um, winning multiple trophies. His coaching staff, um, we probably won't talk about too much today, but obviously a significant contribution from them as well. Um, Pep Linders and Pete Kravitz are also leaving Liverpool to pursue their own managerial careers. Um, and in terms of Klopp's future within the game, he says he'll be taking a break and is unsure whether he'll manage another club, but he's promised that it won't be another team in England if he does return to the dugout. So, um, Jamie's the one who's jumped on for this emergency episode. Um, Probably, fact probably probably the maddest uh, day that we've had since we started this podcast in um, January 2021. So, Jamie, I mean, all I can ask you first of all is your immediate reaction to the news that broke today. Shock is probably the word. Um, it's interesting. We had the news about what seven hours ago or something now uh and i think i might have gone through every single emotion that a human being can kind of go through um so the initial one was was obviously shock i got a text uh from a mate of mine which just said the word clop in in capital letters and, and my immediate reaction was oh he's, he signed a new deal has he because that just seemed to be the way it was kind of going he felt re-energized this season all of that so to have that basically be the complete opposite is is a bit of a body blow um so i've gone through sadness i've gone through shock and what i've ended up on by now is 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 almost pride i think just at what an incredible revolutionary manager and man this this guy has just been for the club the city of liverpool and 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 me personally you know it's it's by the time he leaves, it will have been he will have been manager of the team that I support for a third of my life, and so I've got a lot of pride there for on not for me, but for on behalf of him. If you see what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was in sixth form when um, Klopp got appointed. Um, I remember the the day quite vividly, um, and and now I'm you know mid twenties, um, and it, it's amazing to have the the amount of change within your life and that kind of continuity over that period um and you you know when things happen in football sometimes it's like people say you know don't take it too seriously it is football and and, you know granted you know there's a lot more significant things that happen in in the world today than this but at the same time you know Klopp is you know the central figure in this football club the, the amount of success 
that that we've had over this period you know the amount of stock we place in it in our daily lives you know we structure our, our weeks around these games things like that it is something that i think it's legitimate to feel you know genuinely sort of upset about and really a lot of that stems from the relationship Klopp had with the supporters the the way that his sort of values chime so neatly with the ideas of the club and the city which makes it feel like a lot more than a football manager just leaving a football team really so i think for me today it's been obviously immediate shock um concerns obviously for, for what the future might hold we'll get into that today um and yeah i mean i, I just kind of want to be further away from the immediate news if that makes sense like i want it to have been something that happened like last week or last month or whatever and <laughs> just kind of get used to it a little bit because it's not nice to have the constant realization and you know it it didn't feel real and i know that might sound ridiculous but it's sort of when the tweet notification came through um from paul joyce you know the first thing i saw in the um replies was you know his account must have been hacked I was like, okay, so there might be some hope. Because obviously, I go straight onto my main feed, and um, at that point, I see that it's been confirmed by the club officially. Um, and it, yeah, like I said before, it literally came out absolutely nowhere. I think what I'd say is that it was always clear Klopp was going to leave on his own terms because yeah. he mentioned before a lot of managers would have been sacked um, last season. Some of them would have been sacked in the twenty twenty one season as well, despite all the injuries. Um, so he, he was never going to be dismissed by the club. Uh, and he was always going to leave when he felt the time was right, you know, rather than anything else. Um, but I don't think a single person saw this coming. Um, there was no reason to really see it coming, especially after all the talk he'd put out about being re-energised independently about Liverpool going again for this new Liverpool 2.0 era. And rebuilding this young team that looks set for another sustained tilt at the top honours, really. Um, and you, I think it's it's quite telling that you said earlier, Jamie, that you thought there was more of a chance of him signing a new deal, you know, when obviously that message came through that you had. Um, and it's obviously two years before his contract was used to expire. He's actually going to be leaving, ironically, on the date that is his second Liverpool contract um, was due to end. So he's not actually outlasted that deal um, he, he kind of misjudged it a little bit it's interesting I mean the, the standout quote for me from what I read this morning was him saying that basically he felt like he needed to get the, the team back into a position where he could compete and then he could start thinking about himself and his own future and that's when he realised that the time was right in his eyes to move on um, it's surprising that he's left when there is so much optimism about the future as opposed to times in the past where things have been a little bit um, less certain. Definitely last year will be part of that. But you'd much rather your manager, you know, no one wants Klopp to leave, but if he is going to go, you'd much rather him leave in a moment like this where, you know, all those building blocks are in place rather than it could easily be a situation where he goes at the kind of the same time as, as Virgil van Dijk, Alisson, a few other players, um, and then everything just kind of blows up all at once. And you're left with this giant rebuilding phase that you saw post Ferguson, post Wenger. And, and who knows, you know, that might happen at Liverpool. There's a strong chance of that. Um, but at least the rebuild has already 
you know, started in earnest and uh, huge progress has been made in that regard. Um, in terms of the decision itself, I think obviously talking about how energy is is basically the bedrock of his managerial approach. Um, very humble from him. He said that's a lot of managers better than him, but he kind of relies on that um, driving force. That is kind of vitality day-to-day provides him. Um, there was a clip from an interview in midweek uh, where he got asked about Salah and uh, his uh, participation in AFCON and coming back early with that injury. And he said, I've got so many things to do um, on a day-to-day basis, so many things going on in my head. And I remember thinking at the time, you know, he sounded a little bit exasperated. Obviously, no idea that, you know, it was to this extent. Um, but you cannot obviously begrudge that in the slightest when when you consider the, the toll that this job must take. I mean, he's been through some um, really difficult um, challenges off the pitch during this uh, period as well, um, which we shouldn't take for granted. And obviously having to kind of maintain that relentless day-to-day focus playing, you know, up to 60 games a season sometimes. But the last thing I'd say in terms of just this initial reaction is, and it's the thought that occurred to me today, we've seen, you know, really the prolonged end of an era at Liverpool, 2022, um, off the pitch, Michael Edwards goes, he was obviously a huge figure. Um, Sadio Mane leaves on the pitch last year, Firmino, Henderson, Fabinho, Milner all go, Julian Ward goes as well, Ian Graham, um, it was a huge figure in terms of Liverpool's approach to recruitment too. And uh, and then this year, obviously, the, the biggest one of all by far in Klopp. So the amount of change, that space time, obviously, it's good. Like I said earlier, that's not all happened at once and that the pace of it has been a bit managed. But we definitely have seen a lot of upheaval behind the scenes. I'll throw it back to you then, Jamie. Um, what impact could this decision have on the remainder of the current season in your eyes? Yeah, it's a good question and and one that I've seen put to Klopp, at, I think, at least three times today. Um, and and you've got to just kind of repeat what he says. The, the impact that it will have is the impact that the players and the staff allow it to have. And that could go one of two ways. That that could blow up and, and the players could think, oh, well, he's not here next year. What's the point in, in any of that? That doesn't sound likely to me. I think he's built such a strong attitude, and and the player the players deserve credit for that as well. That they've they've applied themselves so so well and so consistently. That the way I see it going it is actually the complete opposite. I think this will galvanise the side, uh, a kind of <laughs> last dance kind of approach to to management almost. And I'm not saying that he put this out to spur. The team on. I think we'll get into the reasons. I'm sure maybe to to why it's come out now. I think it's more to do with what the club have to start doing behind the scenes and bringing in third parties and how that might end up with the news coming out. I think it's more to do with that. But I think it will be in maybe the back of Klopp's mind that that this could be a defining moment in the title race, which it's bigger than that. But it it, it could it could have that impact. You, when we saw De Bruyne come on against Newcastle and change the game, it felt to me like the title race had swung one way after kind of going our way for quite a long time. And I'm not, this is obviously bigger than that, but it does feel almost like this could be another defining moment in kind of galvanising the squad, bringing everyone back together and, and honestly, <laughs> in, in true Klopp fashion, giving everything everything that the players have to to go out 
in the best possible way. Don't forget that he's won everything while he's been here, but he hasn't been able to celebrate everything. And the idea of being able to celebrate a league title in front of our fans, against Wolves, in the streets, parade, everything. If, if I was in that dressing room, all of that would just be driving me on so, so much. Don't forget also the players who make up a, a significant part of the squad now who didn't win it in the, the year that we won it, that weren't, weren't at the club then. So that combined with the players who want to do it properly, in inverted commas, I think this could really galvanise everyone, It's and, and certainly the fan base. Anfield is going to be rocking every single game. No excuses. Absolutely. Norwich, you, and you said earlier that it, it feels like it's not that important now, and I agree with what you're saying, but also in, in another way, it feels like the most important game in the world now. Because whether Klopp likes it or not, that stadium's going to show what they think about him. And those players, hopefully, are going to do the same. Yeah, I think you're spot on there. I mean, in terms of the timing of the actual announcement, you know, I think you make a good point that there was only a certain amount of time to keep it under wraps and fair play to them for doing it this long in, the, in this day and age. Um, I think Billy Hogan, the CEO, was, was talking in the press conference before and he seemed to indicate that he hadn't even told his son because um, obviously maybe if he tells his son, then his son tells his friends at school and then that, that's it, it just all blows up. So the secrecy around it's obviously been huge and there's not really been any indication from Klopp in, in the time since then in his kind of media commitments that he's felt um, felt that way. But I think playing playing Norwich at the weekend, you know, with all due respect to them, going to be a game where Liverpool make quite a lot of changes. Um, it's a game that they that shouldn't be kind of too emotional as an occasion, you wouldn't think. It probably makes more sense to do that now than right before you play Chelsea and Arsenal in two of the biggest games of the season next week. Um, just in terms of managing the dynamics of it, I wonder if that comes into it as well. Uh, I think in terms of the question I asked like about the impact of this season, um, there's two ways you can look at it. The first way, which I think is what you were um, looking at, Jamie, is like the motivation that you can get from this and the the extra layer that you get from kind of fighting for the manager who for a lot of these players has completely transformed their careers and they have what we all believe to be a unique bond. Um, and could that be something that sets Liverpool apart? And Klopp said a really interesting quote from his press conference as well. You know, he, he asked, he was asked what the best memories are from his tenure and he didn't really want to get into that. He was like, we'll talk about that more later. But he said, yeah, you know, I think the best memories are still to come. That's the mindset that I have to have. That's a nice thought because the the crowning glory, the missing piece of Klopp's tenure would be, like you said, Jamie, being able to celebrate his title in front of fans. So hopefully it works out that way. And I do think that Anfield should hopefully go up a level in terms of the atmosphere for the remainder of the season, which is obviously a huge weapon. Um, my concern, on the other hand, is that I remember watching the game against Newcastle and the emotion that you could feel inside the stadium there, even when it came down to winning throws, winning tackles and, and jeeing up the crowd and the players, you know, the amount of fire that was within them. Obviously, that's a good thing and Klopp would want that. But I just worry that the atmosphere around the club now, I mean, the emotional intensity of it, given what we talked about before in terms of the, the way we're feeling, the way everyone's feeling at the moment, where the players will be feeling Klopp himself, you've got to keep a lid on that to a point that there's a stage where that does become harmful and that can start to become a negative thing. And that is my worry 
in terms of like it, it so take the the game against City um on I think it's the 9th of March. Say Liverpool are in roughly the same position um as they are now when they get there. Maybe you know things have only changed by three points in the direction or whatever. Anfield is gonna be you know, it, it should be one of the best atmospheres in Liverpool's modern history. You know, the the stadium should be sort of metaphorically ready to explode um, with the with the emotion of that occasion. But I, I, it kind of gives me vibes of you remember, you know, that that thirteen fourteen season that title race was literally just built on. You know, obviously there was a lot of attack on firepower, but it, it was just built on you know the, the sheer the sheer emotion of it and when it got to the end of things it became overwhelming basically so that is my worry with the short-term impact of this um we'll see what happens with that and i do think that's why it's good that there's a little bit of time to process it before some of the more significant games roll around i mean maybe the winter break would have been ideal but um you know that's just being a bit nitpicky so if we think long term then jamie beyond the end of this season uh be a lot of talk, for example, about what this might mean for Mohamed Salah's future, what it might mean for Liverpool's competitiveness in the years to come. I mean, what are your initial thoughts on the type of impact it might have in that way? Yeah, it's 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 hard to tell because with the possible exception of, well, I think it's Joe Gomez, and I don't actually know any other players. You might be able to correct me on that. They've all been only there on the clock. Um, and so it's so difficult to imagine a team with Allison in goal, Virgil van Dijk at centre-back, Trent Alexander-Arnold, wherever he may be, uh, Mo Salah, wherever he may be, um, but Klopp not on the touchline, other than maybe for, you know, uh, the, the Carabao Cup games that he lets Linders do. Um, so it's really it's really tricky to, to tell. Obviously, he has been a driving force in bringing those names to the club, and I think that's maybe the easiest... Uh, kind of outcome to predict in terms of incomings and, and Klopp's drawing power for, for for transfers. And so I think, not that we're ever signing Mbappe, but we're not signing Mbappe now, that's for sure. Um, I think, look, when 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 new signings are at, at well, not at Melwood, at the, the Kirby doing the lean nowadays, you normally see the word Klopp in the first kind of three or four paragraphs about why they why they came to the club and what attracted them to the club. Think of Dominic Sobersly as a perfect example this summer. All of the talk was that he wanted to play under Jurgen Klopp. And so that, to me, is far more easy to predict. Whoever we get in, um, they're not going to have the same pulling power, at least initially, as Klopp has. In terms of the, in terms of the players that we already have here, I know we're on here to predict, but it, it feels almost impossible to predict. Some will probably feel that their time at the club is coming to an end and it's kind of the end of an era, like like you said, in terms of we've had 2022, 2023, and now the, the biggest one in 2024. Others will want to prove themselves and want to, to kind of demonstrate that, yes, obviously they were playing under an excellent manager, one of the best in the world, let's say the best for, for today. Um, but they can do it under someone else and they're, they're not just a, a tool in an excellent system. They're an excellent player in their own right. And that, to me, that sounds like something that Mo Salah would say. But 
I'm probably just trying to tell myself a little bit of a story about why he's going to stay now. I think you make a good point, though, because a lot of these players, you know, take Andy Robertson, Salah's probably the best example um, beforehand, the likes of Mane, Wijnaldum. I mean, there's a very long list you can make. These are players who weren't really fancy to go on and, and become world-class. And a lot of people might implicitly think, well, Klopp's made them world-class. You know, Klopp has extracted a level from them that really shouldn't almost be there. So I do think that there's a, like an argument there uh, to be made, and I wonder if that will be kind of a bit of a sub-narrative with this. Um, as for, for Salah, which is obviously something that a lot of people will be thinking about, I think, if Liverpool go out and get um, someone who's like a really prestigious name in their own right, and we'll uh, we'll talk about that a little bit in a second just to finish off. But if, if they do that, I still don't think he's got any significant incentive to leave. I think it would only be if, if things kind of unravel or fall apart a little bit that he should start thinking about it. I think it's easy to overstate the impact that that might have on his future. And it is obviously a huge loss to Liverpool as an asset in that regard. Um, and will be when it comes to recruitment too. I think you're spot on there, Jamie. But uh, I still have a good feeling about that one. In terms of uh, the longer-term future, I think Klopp built his success at Liverpool on overachieving within, the obviously, the constraints of FSU's business model. It wasn't always, you know, it, it wasn't always like a managerial pop or anything like that. I mean, he's had you know, some huge money signings coming in. But, you know, you look at the the outgoings that have been needed to finance um, a lot of the deals that he's done and things like that and the situations where the squad's clearly needed investment in certain areas and he hasn't got it. But he's always been able to punch up his way. He's doing that this season. I mean, this season is the clear, obvious example of that. If yeah. he wins the title this year, I think it's probably his best achievement as a manager. And I would include getting 99 points I agree. Even even if he gets mid eighties this year or whatever it might be to win it, um, not that I think that's likely, but just to say that as an example, I think it it will be it will be better, um, and I suppose the last thing I'd say is, I mean, we'll see what the Premier League looks like. Pep Guardiola's contracts up at the end of next season. If he goes, then I think everything becomes a lot more open, um, in terms of City, whether will I think become much more fallible. Because it's a very comparable situation there, really. I mean, not in terms of maybe overachieving as much, but in terms of the levels, the levels that you know Guardiola's got them playing at, basically. Yeah, we'll I mean, they're, they're, they're the best two managers. They're the best two managers in the world. It's 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 gonna it's gonna no, affect no the league. Contest, yeah. And that's why this is the best news that um, Mikel Arteta and Ange Postecoglou, um, maybe Eric Ten Hag as well, have received in in their kind of stints in English football, really, because it really does open the door, I think, especially if Guardiola's going to go as well. Um, I think with and... with Eric Ten Hag, it could potentially go the other way. You wonder whether the news that Liverpool are now on the hunt for a new manager spurs, spurs them on. Who, who knows who their targets, and we're obviously we're going to get on to who our targets might be, but who knows who theirs are. If, if they yeah. suddenly feel that, oh, this guy we were going to try and get in the summer... Maybe he'll already be going to Liverpool by then. Maybe this spurs them on. Who knows? Yeah, I think I think that's that's a fair point, definitely. And um, like you say, we'll, we'll touch on the names in a second. And I just think that you know, I think we probably all, everyone listening to this, I don't know um, about yourself, Jamie, but but certainly from my perspective, 
you know, been messages today for people who don't support Liverpool and they've been very much enjoying it. Um, which I suppose is exactly how we would have felt if Guardiola had made an announcement today yeah. about the end of this yeah. season. It's you know, it's fair enough and really just reflects how good a manager Klopp is, to be honest, and how relieved people are to to know that they'll be seeing the back of him come the end of the year. But yeah, let's finish off then by briefly talking about um some possible successes. Obviously, that's inevitably where the discussion is going to move to. It's going to be a long-term process, we think. So, plenty of times to revisit this and get into some candidates in a bit more detail. Um, I ran a poll on my Twitter feed earlier where I basically put the the four most likely uh, names in there to succeed Klopp. Um, Julian Nagelsmann, 4.9% of the vote. Roberto De Zerbi, 2.4% of the vote. Pep Linders, 2.4%. I mean, that was before it kind of came out that he wanted to go elsewhere and it sounds like Liverpool aren't really interested in keeping him on. But the um, the marginal winner was uh, Xabi Alonso with 90.2% <laughs> of the vote. Um, would you go along with that, Jamie? Is he your clear number one candidate for, for this position? Yes. <laughs> um, no, it, it, it feels it feels almost sacrilegious to, to be on the day that... that that Klopp is is saying that he's leaving to start discussing who's coming in next. But that is football. That's inevitably, as you say, how it's going to go. And yeah, it just it, it the the one kind of silver lining, other than just the success of of Klopp's whole tenure from this news, is it feels like it comes at a good time in terms of who we might be able to get uh, following him. Having said that, I don't see anyone else other than Alonso who I'm who I'm dying for. But there's there's a lot of parallels, aren't there? Obviously, compared to Klopp, who I think had been in management for 14 years at the time that he left Dortmund, um, Xavi Alonso is 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 relatively very inexperienced. But there are parallels there. Obviously, Klopp, Klopp is still the last person I believe to have won the uh, Bundesliga who wasn't a Bayern Munich manager. Uh, and there's a long way to go yet this season, but uh, Leverkusen are, are four points clear at the top. Uh, they're playing some excellent football and some football that you can imagine transposing quite well onto the existing squad at Liverpool as well. He, he's he's very creative with his fullbacks, which is something that, that Klopp has been noted for during his tenure at Liverpool. So there are a lot of, of kind of ways that you can imagine Alonso's style of play working at Anfield. Um, so, yeah, I, he's he's the one and only name that I'm genuinely excited about to the point where my main fear is that we're not able to get him because, look, to Zerbi, maybe, but he feels like he's not going to unite the fan base in the same way that, that Klopp has. And no one's going to be Klopp. 2.0 that that won't work and that's not how the club should approach how they find a new manager but you don't want someone who's going to come in and start shouting at people ideally uh Nagelsmann no interest in personally um Linders has made it seemingly clear that he's not sticking around and again that that feels too so it's too close to a kind of clock 2.0 kind of method um so yeah just yes is my answer to is Alonso my, my front runner. It has to be him for me. Yeah, I think you're spot on with the parallel point. I mean, to be overachiever to the extent that he is there, I think it is the main the main draw with him really. And it would be the best possible consolation um 
it for losing Klopp would be to go out and, and get Alonso as the replacement, I think. And one thing I was just okay to me as you were talking there, Jamie, is we're not used to Liverpool shopping in the absolute A-list market when it comes to players. You know, you mentioned before, Kylian Mbappe always been a bit of a dream rather than a reality. Um, Caicedo maybe an exception last year, but a lot of the time when there's the very best players on the market, obviously pulling out of the Bellingham deal, for example, Liverpool aren't in there to compete for financial reasons. I think this time there's nobody we can look at and say it's going to be beyond Liverpool to get. So it's basically just who's going to be available. And you'd imagine that every available manager will want to come to Liverpool, but can, you know, kind of will get them out of their clubs. Alonso signed a new deal at Leverkusen in August, um, running until uh, 2026. But, you know, we know sometimes that, you know, contracts aren't always watertight. Um, and, you know, you'd have to put up a huge fee maybe to get him. And I think Liverpool will be prepared to do that if they can. He very much didn't rule out the interest when he was asked about it. I'd be very surprised if he wasn't Liverpool's top target um, for the position. But uh, we'll have to see what happens on that. It could easily be a surprise. Obviously, the last time that Liverpool sacked the manager, Klopp was the one everybody wanted, really. Um, although I do remember chance of what's that coming over the hill at Ancelotti um, <laughs> at Anfield um, in one of Rodgers' last games. Um, but mostly everyone wants a Klopp. Everyone wants Alonso this time. Hopefully, that, that's the parallel between them. The last thing I'm going to say in terms of... Um, you know, tying everything together is and I don't know if this has actually got any legs at all but I don't think we can 100% rule out Klopp coming back at some stage just on the basis that you know I think he's mid 50s now um, so he, he's he's getting to the stage where you know it, it's natural for him to want to step back but if he feels any regret at all about stepping away from football and he does want to return to the club game rather than international game, and Liverpool have a vacancy, and we don't know how the future's going to you know, pan out at Anfield, obviously, then I think that basically the door is always open for him. He could, if there was ever a vacancy and he wanted it, he could walk straight back in um, with, without any questions about salary or anything like that. It would literally be a done deal within minutes, I think. Um, and stranger things have happened in football than that, <laughs> definitely. We see loads of um, comebacks and things like that. So maybe it isn't the end. It probably is. It um, probably we'll, is. <laughs> it probably is. But we'll, um, we'll nonetheless, we'll be covering it every step of the way until the end of the season, starting with the game against Norwich um, in the FA Cup fourth round. Um, and obviously we'll be uh, reacting to any key developments when it comes to Liverpool's search for a new manager, which is an unbelievable thing to be saying, but it's been an unbelievable day. Thanks very much, Jamie, for joining me. Thanks very much, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next time. And hopefully things have started to calm down just a little bit.